and I'm Philip Gabbard. You are listening to the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. Thanks for joining us today. And Dave, yes, sir. We have a few of these under our belt now, and yeah. some of the feedback is, is is actually flowing in. I know you traveled and were hit up with a lot of questions, but mm-hmm. I wanted to jump right into a topic that came up. You and I talked offline. It comes up again and again, local direct sales mistakes and ways that mm-hmm. we can fend off or mitigate some of these problems and in, in just the basic blocking and tackling of what an account manager should be doing, especially mm-hmm. Dave, if, if we could somehow help minimize a small percentage of the mistakes we all make in this business. I've made a ton. I'm assuming you might have made one or two along your career path. Oh, well, if I if I could just, you know, <laughs> have only made one or two, I would have been very, very happy. But we've, we've all made a lot of these mistakes. And growing local direct sales is so critical to our own incomes as, as uh, salespeople and sales managers. Yeah. And, of course, it's so critical for the station's success as well. That's right. So I, I thought we could dive into some of the things that we could be mindful of as we are making our local direct calls. And so one of them mm-hmm. that comes up for me is I always taught from this place, and I think it's it's really smart as the complexities of this business change. We are inundated every day, every week of new things to offer, new things to sell. But sometimes we make it complicated. We make the buying process complicated. There's terms and jargon. But have you ever walked into a business that was armed with the last salesperson's dumbfounded question of the day, where a local direct business is asking you about how competitive are you in your cost per thousand game? And you look at them like, what are you talking about? Is CPM important to you? And am I going to have to battle on CPM or are we talking about your growth? So sometimes I think we've overarmed a client with too much information that almost mm-hmm. comes off like a shiny object, right? We know that what keeps us in a regular, consistent relationship with a customer is performance. Performance is power. Performance is power not only in your own business and how you deal with your station management, but performance is power when you're working with a local account and saying, I know how to make your cash register ring. Is that what we're talking about or am I fighting this story? So I like to think of how could we make buying media easy? Yeah, we. I think you're right. I think we do have a tendency to make it a little bit too complicated for a lot of businesses. Remember that the majority of the businesses that we see are not marketing masters. You know, they're not, uh, that's not the business they're in. They're in the furniture business or they're in the restaurant business or they're in the uh, the insurance business, whatever business that they may be in. They're experts in that. But when it it comes to advertising and marketing, and to be fair, some of these folks position themselves as being, you know, pretty knowledgeable in it. But when you look at the results or some of the things that they talk about or recommend, it's hard to see how those kinds of things might work. And, And so in the local direct business, there is a built-in bit of conflict with clients that are, might, that are like that where if you're a, uh, an advertising and marketing professional, this is what we do, this is what we study, this is something that we have to be really good at, and you're meeting with somebody that is giving you guidelines, recommendations, direction of how they want their advertising to be done with you, and internally you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not sure this makes sense. So, so how do you handle that? One key mistake that we can avoid is arming our, our, our customers with too much information to really to wad up and hit you over the head with at some point. Because Yeah, we, we avoid the clarity in what we're trying to do. Exactly sometimes. right. So, so why do we do that? Well, 
what what do you think the reason is? And and I have a I have a theory on this, but I, I'm asking you if you th- if if you have a, a theory on why we might feel like we have to do that with clients. Well, I think when we come and as as we're trained that we show up and we almost want to impress. We want to impress a l- I I, I'm, you're right. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of show you that I'm capable or I know what I'm doing. And so right. I, I might come off a little bit overstuffed in the collar. Right. And I want to come off like I'm the smartest person that you're going to talk to today about selling you media. So I want to tell you exactly what's in my package. I'm going to show you all of my, you know, lines and charts and other just unimportant elements. The fact that that you are higher rated because all of a sudden you make that the new importance. You make that the new thing for somebody to, to hang their hat on. Like I'm the best in morning drives or I'm the best with the evening news. And that is never important to a local direct business. Not, no, not really. It's, it's really not. I, I think, I think we do that sometimes inadvertently to, to your point to show the client to prove to the client we know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. When in fact, that kind of information is of little importance and little value, not zero value, but little value to the client. I have a friend of mine who is a group automotive director in the Southeast of a lot of car dealerships. They, they have, I don't know, 20 something brands in this major city in the Southeast. And he's over all of them. He happens to be a general manager of one of the stores. And he said, the typical success arc for a new automotive salesperson on the floor goes like this. Somebody who hasn't ever sold cars before. They get into the business, they experience the first 60 to 90 days, they experience unexpected success. Right. They're selling cars. Then after about 90 days, the success goes down and they, they start to really decrease. And then, uh, and I asked him the same question. I said, geez, you, you would think that they would be better at this after 90 days. And he says, here's the difference. When they first get to the business, they know nothing about cars. They know how to sell. They know how to create a relationship. They create good relationships with these, these prospects that are in the showroom. They're talking to them about why they need a car and how can I help you get one. After 60 or 90 days, he said, we train them and we're telling them now about the different transmissions and the fabulous paint jobs and how one car varies from the other. And now they want to show the client prospect how much I know. And you're not talking to them about why they want to buy a car in the first place. And so he has to get them back to that. And I think we suffer from that sometimes. I think we go into clients and go, look how much I know. Look at all of the stuff I have. Not that you can't be or shouldn't be smart about it, but it doesn't mean you have to tell everything you know because that's not the important part of the client. I think you have a dead-on point that you're making that sometimes now we're going to start talking to people out of doing business with us. I laughed. I went to uh, my doctor, and he has a sign that says, uh, as you go into uh, his office, that your group, that your Google search is not the same as my medical degree. So, yeah, but, but there you my go. doctor doesn't talk to me about all that he knew or learned in medical school either. So sometimes mm-hmm. we want to we we sense a symptom and we want to give a prescription, right? Um, yeah. And then now we want to tell you what's ailing you. No, I just need something to ease my pain. How this applies to media, 
I just need something to change in the amount of leads that I'm generating on a weekly or monthly basis. Mm -hmm. I need uh, uh, to improve the number of ups on the lot for a dealer. I need to have Mm -hmm. these types of elements, these kind of mechanisms to be increased through what you're going to provide for me. You are an expert, but I just don't need an education about, you know, the level of your Mm -hmm. expertise. Now, your client might be Google searched and or impressed with the last information that the competitive rep has left for them and said, well, hey, you know, uh, why are you doing business with Dave Burke? Because, you know, these bells and whistles are bigger than Dave's bells and whistles. So now you might have to defend a situation. But again, over defending a situation from an area of weakness and not strength, when you really need to pose a new question and say, Dave, is this really important to you? Are we really, yeah, are I, we really going to justify us doing business and growing your business on my competitiveness to somebody else's cost per thousand? By the way, can you explain how the cost per thousand thing works to me? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because you know, I, I haven't met a client or a business owner that knows what that means. And if you're having a rate conversation, comparing rates or uh, ratings with a with a local direct client, you're having the wrong conversation. That's that, you know, that's not good. So, I, you know, I we agree that that is something that, that can get in the way. Too much jargon, too much inside baseball, too much data to try to prove to a client that, you know, our value is high. That's not really what the client values. What the client's valuing, to your point, is how do I get my average ticket up? How do I get early week lunches better? How do I sell more used cars in the lot? All of these kinds of things are what they're looking for answers for. And not necessarily. The bottom line for me, Dave, is keep the main point the main point. Let's not over-accentuate any of these false narratives that get thrown at our face that all of a sudden somebody is tricking you or, or, you know, somehow trolling you to get into this conversation, which really will digress everything that you've done up to that point. The last thing Mm -hmm. that I'll add is this, is we sell our, you know, from my side of the business, I get offered too many tactics, Mm -hmm. okay? So I know that you've got a new something to sell. I know that you were just impressed in your last sales meeting about the need for you to go sell this other crap your company came up with to sell. And you keep pitching me tactics, tactic, tactics. And and I think that's one of the biggest things that a local direct seller could do uh, to improve their position and quit making the mistake of quit selling tactics. Because the problem with the tactic is that they last, they might be a good injection if it's actually a good idea. But it's usually you're selling something that somebody invented for you to sell when you forgot to do your main job, which is to sell advertising, ideas, and solutions, yeah. not tactics. Well, the tactic don't, won't matter if the strategy is That's wrong. Right. So we have to be really good strategists for our local clients regarding marketing ideas and marketing strategies that might help them. So, I, and I, I, I agree with you. You know, you, you, we shouldn't just go out and start pitching things because we're told to go pitch them. Are they right for the client? Or can they can they make a difference in that in that client's yeah. business? I, th- I think one of the other things that has changed over time is going out and seeing local direct clients. And let's let's assume that this is a fairly new client for you. Or you're trying to get them on the air for the first time. If you don't know about the client's business, at least some baseline about the business that they're in, and you're you're expecting the client to teach you about yeah. that. I think that's a mistake. I think you've we have a lot of resources at our fingertips anymore to be able to learn about the client's business, uh, and at least have a baseline of knowledge 
you know, one of the things I, I would recommend is going in on the weekend. If it's a retail location, go in on the weekend, see what the place looks like. I got to tell you, if, I got to tell you a funny story. You're making me giggle. I, I probably okay. did this in the early nineties. It stuck with me to this day, but talking about like knowing the business and getting into it, I was asked to follow up with a, a, a shopping mall who was actually going to do an event for the Susan G. Komen breast cancer awareness, pink ribbon campaign. And so I, I followed up and, you know, as quickly as I could and put a package together and but I just, you know, I, I it just kind of, I was looking at dollar signs and not even thinking about what was important to them, that this was really back then one of the first, you know, Susan G. Komen events. It was really at the, at the beginning of that whole campaign effort. So my follow-up and my presentation encompassed all of these details and tactics of how active we were going to be in the support of Breast Awareness Week. And I kept on saying Breast Awareness Week and Breast Awareness Week, and it never just really occurred to me until the client leaned in and goes, um, Phil, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Week. And, <laughs> and I, this happened, it's a, it's a swear to God, true story. I, I obviously turned beet red and never forgot that, but it reminded me of, you know, know what the hell you're talking about before you engage with a customer yeah. and, and know a little more, care a little more. I think I, I'm yeah. glad that that happened. But it's one of those mistakes that I did not repeat, Dave. Well, no, I would hope not. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly a, a, a lesson worth remembering. Right. But, yeah, knowing the client's business, knowing the business that uh, you're, you're going to be in, uh, I think makes a big difference. Yep. Because it leads to two other areas, and I'll, I'll just drop these down as uh, areas that I think we make mistakes in. Not only... Do we need to know? And, and, you know, you're going to sit down and you're going to do a CNA or a diagnosis call with the client, hopefully, and really kind of dig in and have a business conversation with them about their business in, in, in a little bit more in depth. But you're bringing some base knowledge to that to that meeting. You should also have some base knowledge about the client's competitors. Yeah. You know, what are they? Uh, who are they competing against? How are they doing in market share? Do you believe in this marketplace? Because, you know, mar market shares always, from from a from a mind share standpoint, always seem to fall into the same the same sort of of uh, ratio where there's a perceived leader, there's a perceived number two, and then there's everybody else. So, you know, if you're talking to a restaurant or if you're talking to an insurance company, kind of where are they? Where is their competitors in those market in the marketplace? So at least you have some That's sense. That's a great point, Dave, that because you have to have a, a, a little bit of, this is really what that client has been doling out to you, you know, making you compete on, mm -hmm. you know, uh, why am I going against my competitors? When the focus shouldn't be about the media, this, it should always be about the client and the client's competitors. That's where the real race yeah. is. The truth is, Dave, your customer more than likely needs all your media competitors. If they had an infinite bag of money, they would probably be using all of your competitors. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, restaurant. Yeah, it, it's not a one and done situation. Exactly right. But I mean, what your point, Dave, was make sure that we can redirect a conversation when we are approached and, and being required to field these questions that are honestly mm -hmm. not appropriate for advancing what is important for the customer. My CPM and my cost per point and my cost per whatever you want to come up with is not important. What's important yeah. is my ability to deliver results, period. Well, and I think if you're prepared like that, if you, if you know some of the client's business ahead of time before you go in there, if you know what the competition is doing in the marketplace that he's competing against or she's competing against, 
I think you have a tendency to, to avoid those kind of conversations that you were talking about yeah. or challenges that you may have if you're bringing value to the client. And the value that you have to bring are strategic ideas on how to help them do what they're trying right. to do. And I'm sorry, but sponsoring the weather is not an idea. It is not. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a tactic. I want strategic marketing ideas. You've got to be really good at marketing here. You know, that's how you're going to keep these conversations on track and avoid some of these mistakes that sabotage your own ability to get some of this local business closed. Well, Dave, you also coined the phrase of that we are in advertising sales. That's really two jobs. Right, exactly. And this is, you know, if you're having an advertising sales, uh, an advertising conversation and a marketing conversation with a client, you are going to have a much easier time having them buy from yeah. you. So the, the point, one, you know, one of the questions that I love to ask a client regarding their competition, because sometimes it's funny, sometimes you'll meet with a client and you'll go, so who's your competition? Yeah. And they'll go, well, just me. I compete with myself. I, I really don't have any competition. I'm the only, really, no one else is selling insurance in the city. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you know? no, one's, no one does so, what I do. So in order to get good information, sometimes we have to change the way we ask questions. So the way I like to ask that question is, who else in this market that is doing what you're doing do you think, do, do you think does a good job? Yeah. Who, who else in this marketplace do you think does well in this, in this category? Because that's the business that they have their eyes mm -hmm. on. And that's one that you should have your eyes on if you're going to be working with this yeah. client. So I think if we do a lot of these things, Bill, I think we avoid some of these rate ratings, challenges that we'll get from others that'll walk in and go, well, you know, our morning drive has a 14,000 person cum higher than their morning drive. No big deal. So I don't know why you'd want to buy them. Well, the reason I would want to buy them is because they're really good marketers. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, such valid point. And I think if the takeaway of, of this conversation today, Dave, is anything, how to avoid these hurdles is don't, don't mm -hmm. set them up for yourself only to trip over them the next call. And, and, right. and, and let's keep the conversations healthy and focus. So be able to deflect appropriately, but deflect these conversations, these setups from continual mistakes. Because as soon as you start going down that road of defending some cost per thousand, which arguably 90% of the advertising sellers out there really don't know what that component is made yeah. of. And, and now right. you're arguing something that you're never going to win. What is, win what is no. winnable is ideas that last long term. The, the, that yeah. is called a strategy. Right. Have the marketing conversation and you'll avoid a lot of that other stuff. Yeah. Well, this has been, a, 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 I think, a really valuable uh, session, Phil. And I hope that people take some uh, good ideas out of this and, and avoid some of these mistakes. If you've got some feedback for us and uh, or, or a topic that you'd like to have us cover, we'd certainly like to hear from you, and it's simple to do. All you have to do is email it to us at askus at mediasalesmojo.com. And we get those, and we read them, and, uh, and we certainly appreciate all the feedback. Yeah, we've got a handful already. This was one of them that we talked about today. So thanks for that. Keep them coming. We love what we're doing. We're happy you're with us, and have a great sales week.